the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Thanks for listening to the show. Markets move up, markets move down, right? Let's try to do a show that finds something positive to talk about today. It's been a lot of, I'm not going to say the market's moving cycles, but it does feel like some years we're dealing with high oil, becomes high inflation, becomes high housing prices, becomes people can't afford homes. What will the millennials do? And uh, sometimes the news gets a little repetitive, so I think it's very helpful for us to try to find what some stories are and ways to make money elsewhere. One of the big stories I've seen out there is that a lot of people don't understand inflation and cost of living. The average U.S. price of gasoline has dropped $0.03 to $2.93. Now, depending on where you live, you may feel like, hey, that's cheap. Hey, that's expensive average price of gasoline. It's something we can consume, right? Now, me personally, I look at gasoline as something a little bit different than probably you do. And what do I mean by that? Um, I've been driving cars for 20, 30 years, right? At one point in time during college years, I'd, I'd pick up some extra money by delivering pizzas on weekends, right? And uh, gas hasn't changed that much. It hurt me a lot more because I was only making maybe fifteen, twenty thousand dollars a year, and as my career grew, gasoline was still a cost to me. And it's annoying to say, "Oh, my filling up my tanks eighty bucks or whatever it is," right? But it's not as big of a hit to me today, based on how much money I make per year. Sweet. So I would say that gasoline and inflation on gasoline hits the working class much, much more so than white-collar jobs or people who've kind of put in their time already. So you can't get caught up in this notion that gasoline is inflationary. To me, it's a tax that kind of ebbs and flows. Some years it feels a little bit more painful. Some years it feels a little less. Some years you're like, whoa, driving 3,000 miles just went up big time. Buku bucks on me. You have to go with these changes in your head, in my opinion. Hmm. What else should we look at out there? I think there's um, a big story to be told about America is in full employment, and yet I don't think anyone feels it. I'm not going to say no one, but there has been something of a the haves and the have-nots, right? These are prosperous times in America. If you look at history, 
you can see just how wonderful it is, all things considered. As far as the employment rate goes, out of every 100 people who want to work, more than 96 of them have jobs. That is phenomenal. And yet, are you feeling wealthy? Or has life started to catch up with you with the costs? The economy has grown for almost 10 straight years. Are you feeling like I'm at a 10-year high in my life or maybe at an all-time high in my life? I am, but I'll tell you what, it's tougher and tougher to make ends meet. And sometimes you go, eh, I kind of wish I would have done that a little bit earlier. Oh, I kind of wish I wouldn't have done that. And yet, the economy and jobless numbers are, are pretty good. So, unemployment has reached a nearly 50-year low. Stop and think about that for a second. You go back to Vietnam, 67 and 68, man on the moon for the first time ever era. To see where we are in unemployment. The jobless rates for Hispanics has never been lower. The past two years have been the best job market ever for African Americans. Wages are starting to rise, although the purchasing power of a dollar hasn't been, how shall we say, that significant. The country's not quite exuding super confidence or uber confidence. The last time the American economy grew like this was the 1990s during the internet revolution when there was a sense of something new happening. There was some exuberance. I worked on a radio show or I hosted a radio show where one of the sponsors kind of wiggled his way on the air, which is kind of a no-no. And uh, the guy had a lisp. And it was kind of awful because... We're investing in companies like Cisco because John Chambers is talking about uh, intranets and extranets and, uh, you know, planetary networks. And you're like, whoa, there's all these ways of of networking, communicating with all these different areas. There's metro area networks like a big old piece of fiber going around New York City and San Francisco. It was a pretty glorious time, but I worked with a guy who had a lisp. I didn't work with him. He was a sponsor who kind of wiggled his way on the show. And it was kind of exciting in the sense that he would go, if you're not a dot-com, you're a dot-nobody. Everyone wants a tagline, right? So the 1990s was the last time when we had the go-go economy that we have right now. But if you look closely, there's, there's, there's cracks. And if you've ever known anyone with veneers on their teeth... They don't age terribly well. Sometimes some gook gets under them and you see some you know, craggy things. I'd say income, income inequalities are a big problem at this point in time. And I think it's real. It's pretty significant. In some cities, new arrivals take the best jobs while the rest struggle to catch up. Economic divisions remain in place amongst racial and gender lines. Politics has become just an angry showdown where we could probably make some meaningful reform on Medicare Plan B, on some areas that would really significantly help our country. And yet politics has become just nasty with a fault line between the two parties. Yeah, no kidding. Unequal wages and equal jobs. You're seeing great companies like Google have almost a civil war. Now, you thought Avengers Civil War was big with Captain America and Thor on one side and Iron Man and Hulk on the other. Think about the civil war that we're seeing at this point in time of the haves and the have-nots. 
As the economy has grown year over year, companies have shown a remarkably high reluctance to raise wages, even when they can't find people. Then you get companies like Google that have, you know, a situation where they're, they're begging people to come work for them that have the qualifications. And like I said, there's a little bit of a civil war going on there. Are they supposed to be a capitalist con- company or are you working for a company with, you know, let's take care of people? Let's listen to them. One piece of the puzzle behind suppressed wages can be found in dual wage scale adopted by a lot of factories during the Great Recession, where new hires for the same jobs would get substantially lower pay and lower benefits. You might have heard in the last couple of years scenarios along the lines of, um, you know, my, my daddy used to have a, a good pension plan. Pension plans are gone. Unions are negotiating their way out of the system. But it hasn't deterred others from adopting it. UPS just adopted for its drivers where, you know, new workers don't make as much as old workers do, doing the same jobs. So lots going on in the country at this point in time. I want you to always be very open-minded. I want you to kind of think about things. The gig economy, I think, has some flaws. That This should be better than it is. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and your money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Hitting some of the headlines out there today, I think probably the most shocking is Morgan Stanley calling Tesla a worst-case scenario $10 stock. Wait, wasn't it just at 200 and not that long ago, at 300 and not that long ago, pushing 420? Whoa. I don't like companies that can't make money. And you can make the most beautiful car in the world, but I'm kind of with Morgan Stanley. At, at some point in time, it's got the Jerry Maguire thing of, show me the money! You gotta earn it. Elon Musk, you're turning into a pale, goofy weirdo. Show me the money! Thank you. Tom Cruise can do that way better than I can. Um, but Cuba Gooding Jr., I think, did it better than Tom Cruise. But that's another thing there. That had uh, what I refer to as sour face in it. I know you're saying, who? <laughs> Just you try to guess which one's sour face. Looks like she's always been sucking on lemons and they're like, oh. Anyhow, neither here nor there. So Morgan Stanley has cut its worst case forecast on Tesla from $97 to just 10 Saying the company's debt load's too much. Shares are down 38% for the year. The market's up 10% plus for the year. Financial services firm Bayer also cut its estimates today, lowering the company's stock to 340 from 400. Now, it's at 200, so they're basically calling for a massive mega return. I think that's insanity. Do they have a lot of IP? Do they have a lot going for it? Sure. But they're not earning money. I want to try to do some fresh content today, so I don't totally want to beat up on Tesla yet again. But I can't go for it until it shows some consistency and it stops raising cash. Because every time they raise cash, they're basically deleting shareholders. Right. Kohl's is in trouble today. Disappointing guidance. That one, not good. Kohl's is one of those retailers that is kind of a discounter. I don't shop at Kohl's, but I know people that do. I still like TJ Maxx, but I don't invest in TJ Maxx. 
It's one of the stocks that I wish I did. Home Depot, which I think he could invest in, reported better than expected earnings results. I feel like they're just a slight notch above Lowe's. And I think long-term, in good economies and bad economies, we're going to try to improve our home. In bad economies, where we don't feel like selling our home because things are, are turning negative, we may go, you know what? Fresh, pa- fresh coat of paint, honey. It looks just like a brand new home. I like going to Home Depot. It's kind of interesting. I used to make more, how shall we say, potentially off-topic jokes. Off-color. And I, I was trying to extrapolate, like, you know, like if you need to put in a new lawn, there's always people waiting in the Home Depot parking lots that'll work for, f- not free, <laughs> they'll work for money, but they'll do the hard work that you don't want to do. And uh, maybe they don't have jobs, maybe they just want to get away from their, their families for the, the weekend, I don't know, but there always seems to be plenty of, of potential laborers, right? Now, I'd be cautious on that because probably not carrying a lot of insurance. They come onto your property and they hurt themselves. You're in trouble. But I used to try to be cute and funnier or cuter. I know you're saying, you're pretty darn cute, Rob. But I used to make jokes about like, man, one day I walked into Best Buy and there's like all these nerds standing outside saying, hey, you need a computer we fix. And it just, it, it fell flat. So, and then you start thinking about the other stores, like maybe outside of a Bed Bath & Beyond, you've got some potential people that are willing to come clean your house. There's something there. It's just not quite right. Boeing got a boost. Wall Street Journal reported uh, people died in the Ethiopian Airlines probably because of bird and maybe not because of their software. Now, that view remains open for debate because how many sensors turned on that were pushing the plane into a dive? Boeing is helping to move the needle today on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Just on that one thing that it could have been a bird and not necessarily the software. Eh. That's what I got for you. The Department of Commerce has granted a 90-day license that will enable Huawei to service existing networks and mobile services and at the same time provide some added flexibilities for operators to make other arrangements. That idea of... It's kind of a superficial response to a trade war that's going on. It's a temporary license. And yesterday we're like, oh, awful. Today, like, oh, that's kind of nice to prove. And that's why I'm trying to stray away from that content today of the same old stories being rehashed. And yet, I keep falling into the trap of, oh, look at Tesla at $10. Doesn't Elon Musk look uh, pale? Jamie Oliver has a restaurant that's on the brink of collapse. Jamie Oliver is one of those guys that I could watch on Netflix and just kill an hour and then go, what the heck was I just watching? Why did I just spend an hour on that? He's one of those people that wants us to eat better. But one of his restaurants and his whole restaurant empire has been struggling. Um, just goes to show you that restaurants are a tough business, even when you have a celebrity spokesperson. I know. I know. I know. I know. Uh, Tiger Woods has a bit of an issue. He's got a... Uh, he's got a restaurant down in Florida called The Woods or something like that, where one of his employees was a pretty well-known alcoholic and might have been drinking after work or during work. I don't know the story. I haven't seen the videotape or anything like that. I, I haven't heard the data, but ended up getting 
you know, in a car accident and killed himself. And the liability there. It shows you that there's risks. Like, there's risks in investing in a celebrity chef. I know people that are, have pitched so many ideas to me. And some of them are just playing out awful. Some of them, eh, is what it is. But a celebrity spokesperson doesn't necessarily guarantee you anything. So be careful when your sugar booger comes home, male or female sugar booger, and says, I got this celebrity chef, or I got this great business idea. Restaurants are tough. And then you get situations like, like I was saying, where Tiger Woods has an employee who goes off and gets killed. And lawyers in scenarios like that, they, they go after the restaurant. They go after the bartender. They go after the manager. They go after the car maker, the tire makers, anyone that they can. I've got a friend who was in a pretty serious car accident, and she learned that there's levels of fault. Maybe it's 10% road conditions. Maybe it's 20% the driver. Maybe it's 70% the state of California. There's levels of fault. And that's one of the reasons you want an umbrella policy once you have enough money that if you were to be sued by, if you were to run into a car of lawyers and all four of them sue you, that you don't get cleared out. Umbrella insurance is a good insurance to have. You insure what you can't afford to lose. It's probably one of my biggest fears is running into a, a... a minivan of lawyers. I know you're saying, is that a legitimate fear? It, it kind of is. I was like, oh, sweet. Just a millennial who's uh, delivering newspapers? I could run him over. <laughs> but a, a car full of attorneys? Not the car to hit. You know my brother David taught me something as a lawyer? He said, and he was joking. This is a joke. He said, have you ever hit anyone? Put it in reverse and kill him because a dead body's worth less than someone who's handicapped for the rest of their life. It's a weird, 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 weird world we live in. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. That was not financial advice. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I've got a friend who does insurance and it's kind of annoying because he keeps trying to push them in on me i'm like dude i'm kind of in the business i i know that i don't need whole life i know that i don't need variable life i know that i only need term life for another 10 years of my life until i retire my income is no longer needed he goes what do you mean you only need income until you retire and i'm like you my friend do not know what you're doing so let's talk about mistakes along those lines that people make when they don't know what they're doing First and foremost is using the wrong financial person. I don't think you want to buy investment products from people who sell insurance. I'm not saying always. I'm just saying instinctually. I'd be careful. Another mistake I would never try to make is buying a timeshare. I've never heard anyone say 10 years out, 20 years out, greatest thing I ever did. Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, how are you doing today? Hey, Rob. I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Fun headlines today. A little bit of the same, but also some some drama out there. Um, I started your page one today at briefing.com. And uh, again, Department of Commerce, a little trade, a little China stories going on. Uh, What's going on out there with China and the U.S.? 
Yeah, well, I mean, that, that is the question, right? I mean, I, I, I guess I, I get why the market's rallying today, but I, I also don't get it, you know? So you have a market that's kind of like searching for something to, to, to grasp onto as it relates to some type of resolution on the trade front. And so it's a headline-driven market. And, it, and it, uh, as I said in my page one column this morning, it kind of sentiment is leased from one day to the next based on whatever the prevailing headline is. And so this uh, order that there's a temporary license for the next 90 days for U.S. companies to keep doing business with, with Huawei on their existing networks and mobile services has kind of put a bid in the market. But, you know, you have to take a step back and recognize that, one, it's a temporary order, which means it's not permanent. And, two, it certainly doesn't, uh, you know, uh, mitigate the uh, impending pressure out there that, you know, China is likely to still uh, impose some type of countermeasure for this action against Huawei. Uh, so I don't think you can rest easy on, on the notion that uh, this is the end of uh, the combative tone. <laughs> can I ask a silly question? You're allowed to be totally fair and slap me around a little bit. It's it's tied towards, did you see the movie Bird Box on Netflix? I did see it, yes. <laughs> so the premise is you have to wear a blindfold. Should we pull kind of a bird box with this whole China Trump thing and just kind of hope that it goes away? And uh, later in life, we'll take off our blindfold and things will be just like they always were. Yeah, I like I like that analogy, right? So right now, if you, you know if you do take your blindfold off, you're gonna you know you're gonna die, right? So pretty much um, so. Yeah, you know you do kind of like need to sort of sort of work with blinders on here. You know you, you gotta try to. I mean, you want to believe that uh, neither the U.S. or or China is going to, you know, go down this road of, of mutual self-destruction in a certain extent, you know, and that they will try to find some way to work out a resolution. But I got to tell you, um, you know, I don't think, I think the problem, the main problem right now isn't so much with, I think, with what the U.S. is trying to do and trying to extract from China. It's the manner in which it's going about doing it. And I think it's really uh, underestimating, you know, you know, cultural roots in China and their their approach to doing business uh, or dealing diplomatically anyway. And I don't think they're going to want to be uh, exposed as succumbing to a, as they term it, a, a bully-like approach and, and, you know, and being told by a foreign entity just how it's going to be. Um, kind of have to figure out a way to, you know, cleverly work our way around that to, to get some type of compromise. But the tone to this point has been too compassionate too combative, I think, for for their own national pride, and and therefore you're not, you know, seeing any uh, any resolution like the market thought you were going to get at this juncture. It's interesting that you say that because maybe we could just buy a book and give it to both leaders: men are from Mars, women are from Venus, and understand that we have differences. And like you said, China they, they've got a lot of national pride, and their presidents coming out today saying we got another long march ahead, and uh, you know we're not going to take this pie in the face, so to speak. We have some pride. Um, interesting, you know, that that's where we stand, but that's where we stand. Looking further into your page one column, which is all about the opening of the markets, um, Morgan Stanley did a pretty caustic note on Tesla today, and I like it because out in California, sometimes you'll see every other car is a Tesla, and we call them the Palo Alto Prius. Um, <laughs> People are people are in love with it. It's the Church of Elon Musk, but the, the taint's coming off a little bit, so to speak. 
Yeah, it is. It's kind of like I, I, I don't know, maybe like the, the popular uh, kid in, in high school who's suddenly you know not popular. You know, uh, a month or so ago, everyone wanted to hang out with them, and now uh, you know the, the fortune has turned in a big way, and and everyone's against um, Tesla. It seems right now, and and I got to you know it, it's not necessarily without reason. I mean, there uh, you know there's a lot of kind of. Uh, Strange goings on at, at Tesla. I think that uh, raised some questions about um, you know operational structure there, and and um, you know, and then the company is you know got to deliver in the face of what's becoming an increasingly competitive industry. And so, you know, uh, obviously, if Tesla can put up the numbers uh, that that it you know is is hoping to put up, you know, the stock will react accordingly. But right now, you can see just in terms of the way it's trading that you've got kind of this piling on effect right now and a, and a very hot momentum stock to the upside is now turning into one of those you know uh, downside momentum leaders and it's taking a taking a toll on both um, the stock price and investor sentiment a company like a Tesla I tell people to stay away from it's too much of a, a kind of a civil war and on the side of the losing side, maybe the South here, they're just losing money. It's it's one of the pieces of advice I try to give friends and family when they ask me for advice is go with companies that have a history of making money. You're at least on the right side of the, the, the war at that point in time of winning and losing on Wall Street. Is it that simple? Or do you think you do need to dip your toes into some companies that are losing? Like Amazon. Don't we all wish we owned Amazon when they were losing money for 10 straight years? Uh, well, that's, that's right, Rob. I mean, what you, what you said, you know, it makes total sense. And actually, when you were saying it, I was thinking, you know, that Amazon ruined it for everyone in that respect, because, you know, Amazon did demonstrate that, you know, you can uh, basically lose money for an extended period of time and and uh, and ultimately get things turned around and, and kind of live up to the uh, to the promise of why you were losing money for such a long time, right? And now it's just, you know, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a powerhouse, right, that's changing, you know, the way not just the retail industry does business but multiple industries so so there is you know i guess you know you do catch lightning in a bottle every now and then um but i think to your to your bigger point for for the general investor really is that yes it's it's you know you're better suited you know focusing on companies that are profitable you know that have the cash flow to you know uh, to pay dividends um and 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 really have you know a a, a long consistent track record of you know delivering decent earnings growth uh, you know they're not gonna um be the most exciting stocks to follow but you know at the end of the day when you know you're talking about not needing that uh, term life insurance policy um you know you want to make sure that there is um you know a retirement nest egg there and and i think the, the history of the stock market has demonstrated that you know investing in companies that are profitable that pay dividends over a long period of time do pay dividends uh, you know figuratively speaking um when you need them most <laughs> Glad you listened to my little spot. Did you agree with me on don't buy timeshares and uh, term life's better way to go for most of us, but not all of us? Yeah, I, I, I have heard uh, the same, and, and I can say that I you know, most likely would subscribe to that same philosophy. <laughs> so let me give you some time on air for your thoughts. Anything you're thinking about working on at briefing.com that you think you should share with us as we wrap up the segment? Well, you know, I, I mean, this is, is it's a, it's a tough time, frankly, for a market analyst because you know I feel like you know we're we're sort of keep. 
beating the same horse here, you know, and and it's uh, difficult to kind of put a finger on a on a new line when the market is so wrapped up in one particular issue. And and so I'm just you know being attentive really to you know trying to you know read the tea leaves of what the economic data are telling us as it relates to the U.S. economy. Um, I think you know on a relative basis, I think it still suggests that you know the U.S. is still obviously the you know the place to be um, underpinned by the persistence of low interest rates, you know, decent earnings growth, and uh, and the rule of law. And so, um, you know, so market commentary will be driven around probably that theme, but, uh, you know, nothing specific right now that's that's come to mind in terms of uh, a big picture column for this, for this coming week. <laughs> well, as always, thank you for what you do. Your morning uh, page one is... Uh highlight of my day and gives me some content to work off of on radio and television and you hit everything from home depot to Kohl's to boeing and it's always helpful the boeing story's kind of got some some hair on it that's uh interesting because it's, it's very dramatic it's very movie theater-esque it's very matt damon starring as the attorney who took down boeing kind of feel to it how do you think the boeing story ends up in less than 30 seconds well, I think it, it ends up, you know, in the end as as a relatively happy ending for shareholders. I mean, you're going to have some uh, issues here, obviously, but I think, uh, you know, it's still one of the preeminent airplane manufacturers in the world, and I think it will use that to its advantage and, uh, and, and come out fine in the end. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Always a refreshing light of insight into what's working and what's not working on Wall Street. Briefing does a great job overall with both domestic and international insights into the markets. They also have some just good calendars, economic calendars, earnings calendars, events calendars, IPO calendars, and much, much more. You can learn more at briefing.com. You can find me at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Rob Black got on the air and said, hey, Amazon's going to be delivering packages with drones. But the only problem with that is a couple years later, it's not happening. So a lot of times the PR seeps into what could be investment advice. And yet Amazon's still working on it. The UK Government Aviation Agency basically is helping to make Amazon's dreams of high-speed drone delivery services come true. I know every little boy has to have a dream, and Jeff Bezos is having robots fly in the air. I find it humorous because something tells me a lot's going to go wrong in the process. Like when you see, if you go down to the south, and let's say you're in Georgia, and there's a drone flying over your house, and it's got a package in its arms, and it's getting ready to drop it at your neighbor's house. Something tells me that that thing's going to get shot out of the air by a shotgun. Hey, bub, go get my pump. I see one of them birds with packages flying over us. They took our job! They took our job! They- <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, and this is a really slap on me. Um, some of my content, some of my media that I consume when I'm not on air, is pretty stupid stuff like South Park. I hope those guys win a Pulitzer Prize or a Nobel Peace Prize at some point in time because I think they are skeweringly brilliant. This week's episode... This week's episode, as Game of Thrones wraps up and the Mad Queen flies a dragon over Westeros and and scorches the city, it's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. It happened last week. They did a parody of it less than a week later with Donald Trump on a dragon scorching the world. 
Whether you like Trump or not, that's funny. So we got that going out there for us. I don't watch every episode. I used to when I was, you know, 20 years ago. That's how long that show's been on. And trust me, some of the stuff they do doesn't work, but some of the stuff they do does work. Speaking of working, Coca-Cola is making a partnership with Netflix, which has promoting the Stranger Things. Guess what Coca-Cola is doing? They're re-releasing what we don't want re-released. New Coke. That was a bit of a product slip, wouldn't you say? So New Coke is out there. And I don't even know if this is worthy of telling a story. But it shows you that sometimes companies mess up. You know, I think the theme of the show on some levels is mistakes. Don't invest in it. Restaurants are tough. They're tough. The amount of turnover that I see on restaurants is, is higher than normal. Uh, and I don't know if it's... Some people say, you know, 9 out of 10 restaurants fail in the first year and 50% fail in the second year after that. It's I don't think that's true. Admiral Akbar, I thought you were dead. It's a trap! <laughs> it's a trap. He, he was faking his death. Don't you love movies where people fake their death? You never see it coming in the very last scene. The ingenue comes out of the shadows and she goes, You figured it out, Billy. You figured it out. Why did you have to be so smart, Billy? Blam, 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 blam. And Billy's dead. Billy should never have fallen for such a beauty. With legs up to her ears. Back to Coca-Cola and Stranger Things. That's right. Stranger Things is getting ready to come out again, and I haven't seen one episode of it. I tried to get into it, and it just kept going. Why are these kids out in the woods in the middle of the night? Where are their parents at? Phrasing. The third season, which starts on July 4th, which is Independence Day last time I checked. A day that Americans celebrate, but British go, eh, not so much. Not so much. You guys threw tea in the harbor. You insulted us. Yeah, no kidding. So the third season is going to take place in 1985, the same year that New Coke or Coca-Cola made a massive mistake and launched. They changed the formula. Why? Why change what's not broken? Consumers revolted. They hoarded cans of the classic formulation. Do you remember this? How dumb Americans are? I'm going to buy as many cases of classic Coke as I can. Almost as stupid as a stupid does. That sounds like a South Park episode, right? The whole new Coke hoarders? Or the Coke hoarders? So Coca-Cola is going to stock up and and re-release new Coke for the nostalgia of it. Because Stranger Things is all about nostalgia. I've never seen an episode. I'm, I'm waiting for that moment where, how shall we say, I've been in a car accident laid up in a hospital for six weeks. In order to buy new Coke, shoppers will have to buy at least two limited edition Stranger Things Cokes or Coke Zero Sugar in eight-ounce bottles. Okay, now you're making it too complicated, Coke. In the 1990s, the company rebranded New Coke as Coke 2. And continued to sell the drink until 2002. Who knew? There's a company called Little Caesars. They're not quite Papa John's. And Papa John's is not quite Pizza Hut. And Pizza Hut is not quite Domino's. But Little Caesars is going to start selling a pizza topped with the plant-based sausage crumbles. Made by Impossible Foods for the pizza chain in three test markets. I'm all for that. A vegan meat substitute? As a guy who, how shall we say, doesn't eat enough vegetables... 
you throw some grease on it, some cheesy grease, <coughs> some red sauce, <coughs> and some dough. Maybe put some real meat on it, like pepperoni or something like that. No one's going to know the difference. We're stupid. Pizza. We bought pet rocks. Pizza, pizza. Little Caesars. I had a bad name for them when uh, I was in high school called Little Skeezers. Hello. I, I have a cough in my throat and it's not coming out. But Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat are both doing great. And what's interesting is the amount of shorts selling Beyond Meat short is crazy. That's the Civil War where the valuation doesn't make sense in the short term. And there's kind of a church of vegans out there who are saying, we want investments that we believe in. A lot of people believe in Elon Musk and see how that's turning out. Be cautious on this one. I'm with the short sellers on this one. It's better to be cautious than to be righteous. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. A little American idiot taking us out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 